At one point during the greatest run in the history of college football, the Florida Gators had Tommy Frazier surrounded. And by surrounded, we mean surrounded. Five Gator defenders, that's right, five, were equal parts north, south, east, and west of Nebraska's star quarterback as he broke free on yet another option keeper in the 1996 Fiesta Bowl National Championship game. Frazier already had rushed for 119 yards on only 13 carries, and Nebraska was clobbering Florida by 24 points as the final seconds ticked off the third quarter. The next 75 yards would be a play for the ages. The irony is the play nearly never got to the perimeter. Florida end Willie Rogers stunned inside and just missed the mesh point where Frazier faked the belly dive on the option. Rogers grasped at Frazier's red jersey, stained deep with dirt from prior punishing runs, and barely got a few fingers on it. Frazier pulled away, leaving the annoying gnat flailing behind, then broke two tackles as he hit the perimeter, leaving behind 300-pound defensive tackle Ed Chester and 240-pound linebacker Dexter Daniels in his wake. As Frazier turned up field, it didn't look promising. Five Florida players, defensive tackle Keith Council, linebacker Ben Hanks, and defensive backs Lawrence Wright, Mike Harris, and Anthon Lott were each within two or three yards of Frazier and closing in. Wright, an All-American safety, was the first to reach and got both arms around Frazier. What happened next was pure legend, a moment in college football history that will never, ever be forgotten. From Saturday Down South, in partnership with Texas Pete Hot Sauce, I'm Matt Hayes, and this is Saturday Lives Forever, a college football podcast where the stars of yesteryear come to life. Tommy Frazier, the Florida high school star who desperately wanted to play quarterback at Florida, Florida State, or Miami, but was told by each school that he had to change positions, was winding down the final quarter of an I told you so career when one play became a microcosm for all he meant to the Huskers and the very idea of competition. Years later, long after he cemented himself as the greatest championship quarterback of his generation, Long after a three-year run from 1993 to 95 was but a missed field goal from winning three straight national titles for the Huskers, Frazier still couldn't let it go. He was a quarterback, and anyone who didn't think so was going to pay for it. You could say I had a chip on my shoulder, Frazier said. But not just that game. Every time I played, everyone was going to know who I was. To this day, none of the Florida players on the short end of that fateful play know how it happened. Wright had both arms around Frazier, but looked as though he was waiting for the others to help end the play. As Wright held up Frazier momentarily, Council closed in from behind and Hanks, Harris, and Lott simultaneously tried to tackle Frazier and each other, a mass of humanity floating 
ever so briefly, and each thinking the other would bring down Fraser. Suddenly, Fraser broke free of the clutches, stepped out of the mob of manhood, with Wright hanging on for dear life, and headed toward the boundary. As he turned up field again, only one more Florida player was between him and 55 yards of the perfectly manicured grass of Sun Devil Stadium. Florida cornerback Fred Weary tried to arm tackle Frazier from behind. Bad idea. And looked more foolish than the other five Gators who together couldn't bring down Frazier. As Frazier ran away from the defense, untouched, for the final 55 yards and into the end zone where Florida was painted in blue and outlined in orange and white, he remembered what Huskers coach Tom Osborne had told him during game week preparations. When Nebraska got up big, not if, when, they had a surprise for Florida coach Steve Spurrier, whose pass-happy offense was all the rage in college football and diametrically different from Nebraska's old-school, run-oriented option attack. It was Spurrier who didn't think Frazier could play quarterback for the Gators, just like Bobby Bowden didn't think he could play quarterback for FSU and Dennis Erickson didn't want him as a quarterback at Miami. A Florida high school star who won a state title at the state's largest classification, Frazier was shunned by the big three state schools who, at the time, were the collective kings of college football. Osborne wasn't going to let Spurrier forget it because Frazier wouldn't let him. Two years earlier, Frazier's fourth quarter heroics had Nebraska in position to beat FSU in the first of three straight I told you so moments in de facto national championship games. Only a missed 45-yard field goal on the last play of the game prevented Nebraska and Frazier from winning the national title over the Knowles and Bobby Bowden, who didn't think Frazier could play quarterback. A year later, after missing much of the season with a blood clot in his leg, Frazier replaced Brooke Berenger in the fourth quarter of the Orange Bowl against Miami and led the Huskers to a come-from-behind 24-17 win and Nebraska's first national title since 1971. Over those same Canes and coach Dennis Erickson, who didn't think he could play quarterback at Miami. That game, that season, was more about the blood clot that forced Frazier to miss games than the national title. This time... This season against the Gators, it was all Frazier, who to this day still believes, like many of the Husker faithful, that he deserved the 1995 Heisman Trophy. He had a magical season, not one that statistically was better than Ohio State tailback Eddie George, who won the award, or Florida quarterback Danny Werfel, who was the runner-up. But anyone who watched the Big Red 18-wheeler play in 1995 knew what drove the Cornhuskers knew just how devastatingly destructive Frazier was in Osborne's triple option offense. Soon after, Frazier raced into the end zone to complete the 75-yard touchdown run and give Nebraska a 49-18 lead. He started thinking about showing the big three Florida schools, not just Florida coach Steve Spurrier, what they missed out on. The Nebraska defense got a stop, and out came the offense with Frazier still in control. Only this time... Instead of coming out in the I formation and running option, Nebraska lined up in a five-wide set and began throwing the ball all over the field. The same five-wide set that Spurrier brought to the stoic and stodgy SEC six years earlier and turned the conference sideways with his brash, bold offense. 
the same offense Spurrier didn't think Frazier fit until Frazier showed that he did. After the game in the wild post-game locker room, Frazier smiled when asked about the five-wide set and if it were a message of sorts to Spurrier. I'm a quarterback, Frazier said. It doesn't matter what offense, I'm going to win games. Isn't that what playing is all about? By the time he left Nebraska, Frazier was 33-3 as a starter, and only that 45-yard hooked field goal of Byron Bennett prevented Frazier from winning three straight national championships over the big three Florida schools that shunned him four years earlier. He didn't have outrageous career numbers, but was one of the most feared players in the game during his four years in Lincoln. He had a TD interception ratio of 43-11, to 11, and he rushed for 1,955 yards and 36 touchdowns. And the 1995 Nebraska team is still generally considered the greatest college football team of the modern era. That team and that season are encapsulated by Frazier's 75-yard run. All bully ball, all the time, with just a touch of I told you so. A player a team, and a run that will never be forgotten. Okay, listen, speaking of legendary players, let's talk about legendary flavors. I'm making chili the other night, and I'm thinking, you know what? I want to make this thing unique. So I throw in some Texas Pete sautéed garlic flavor hot sauce, and oh boy, that chili was phenomenal. Look, Texas Pete Hot Sauce has all the sauces and seasonings you need to make your food the real MVP. Try some Texas Pete Original Hot Sauce, Dust Dry Seasoning, Buffalo Wing Sauce, Green Pepper Sauce, all those luscious barbecue sauces, and so much more. Game Day Grub or Any Day Grub deserves some Texas Pete. Visit TexasPete.com for recipes, hot apparel like Texas Pete shirts and hats, and take 20% off. That's right. 20% 20% off your entire order with promo code Saturday Down South. Down, set, sauce like you mean it. It's a pleasure now to welcome in Lincoln Star Journal columnist and lifelong Nebraskan Stephen Sippel. If you're a Nebraska fan or if you love college football, Stephen is an absolute must read. You can find him at Huster, Husker Extra Sip. That's Husker Extra Sip, S I P. Stephen, thanks so much for your time, and welcome to Saturday Lives Forever. Uh, well, I'm, glad. I'm, I'm honored to be with you, and this is a great subject, Matt, so I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, man. Listen, so and this is the last episode of Season 1 of Saturday Lives Forever, and honestly, I've waited months to dive into this episode on Tommy Frazier because he, in my view, is the greatest championship quarterback of our time, and because you know his unique four-year career at Nebraska – and how his arrival kind of signaled Nebraska's dominance of the sport like really few teams have ever run through the sport. So, uh, you know, I want to get into some interesting topics with you. But first, I know Tom Osborne said over and over that when Tommy arrived, he knew something special was about to unfold. Um, was that apparent from the first time he was on the field, you think? And what was, that, what was your great fan bases there in Lincoln? What was their reaction the first time they saw him? Oh, I mean, it's got, okay, I mean, for your – there's a lot of young listeners that, you know, they're like, well, who is this guy they're talking about? Um, Tommy (laughs) Frazier, what was the first reaction? Well, I I can't, I mean, I honestly don't remember 
the exact reaction, but I just know when he came here, there was a, there was so much anticipation and it was pretty apparent Matt, when he took the field and I believe it was against Missouri. He was a, he was a freshman. Um, and all, all already people were kind of putting a Superman tag on him. He was an, he was a wizard running the option is what I remember the most. And it was very apparent. It was very apparent to me, um, at that point, and that was pretty early in my career, that yeah, they the, the guy was incredible running the option offense. He wasn't a great passer; he's a serviceable passer, but he was an electrifying runner. And I I I I, I, I want to be very detailed in describing him as a runner. Like I, when I say electrifying, he just sort of had the whole package. He was he was a he was kind of a bigger guy, tough tough type guy that could have played safety or linebacker yet had really, really good speed. And he was very elusive and he could, he could beat guys in small spaces. He had the whole thing and he had a great, great feel for the option. And Matt, you've covered enough football. Usually when, what's it mean when a guy has a great feel for the option? It just kind of means he's a, he's a really good football player to me. He, right. He has a good feel. He has a good feel um, for that for that kind of unique element of the game. And that's what it is. Uh, so yeah, Tommy. And here's the other thing about Tommy that, that, that I want to emphasize, and this is more of an intangible, but Tommy was a badass, and, and you know, you know, those yeah. players, you know, you know them when you see him, Tommy was not the guy you mess with. Tommy, in fact, as a freshman had no trouble taking over the huddle. Like, in fact, he was a little acerbic. And that, and, and, and that's you know, part of the lore with Tommy and this fan base, Matt, is he's, he was a tough customer. He'd let you have it. He'd let a media member have it if he asked a bad question or what he thought was a bad question. Tommy wasn't real diplomatic. I mean, and but <laughs> you know what? It, here's the thing, though. He could, he could be that way because he performed at such a high level all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah, and Tommy still isn't diplomatic, and I still think it's one of his greatest traits. He doesn't – he gives no quarter to no one, Stephen, and I know you know that. So so Nebraska wins nine games in his freshman season, um, and his sophomore season rolls around, and and we can talk about uh, about the blood clot. But, but, but to me, first I want to say that this is – and I want to get into the blood clot, but I want to say this first. Um, to me, this is the beginning of payback for Tommy because – to this day, he still talks about how Florida, Florida State, Miami refused to allow him to play quarterback. And he had to leave the state when those three programs were at their peak to go play quarterback at Nebraska. To me, this is the fascinating part of his career at the beginning of his sophomore season. The college football gods literally aligned everything for him so he could get a shot at each one of those programs in the state of Florida in a national championship game. And honestly, Stephen, but for a missed 45-yard field goal from Byron Bennett against Florida State in 93... He would have led Nebraska right. to three straight national titles over Florida State, Miami, and Florida in succession. What a just phenomenal way for that career to unfold for him. All right, right. You set it up really well. And again, I sometimes when I'm talking about this, I just wonder if people understand what the magnitude of player and the magnitude of the moment that that span, 93, 94, 95. I, I just wonder if they understand understand what we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about a Nebraska team 
that was 11 and 1 in 93 and 13 and 0 in 94 and 13 and 12 and 0 in 95. I mean, they were, they were, you know, today's version of, I guess, Alabama or Ohio State. Oh, yeah. I, think of the, I mean, that's what Nebraska was. It's been so long. I don't, I, I, there's just a lot of people that don't remember. And Tommy was the impetus, um, largely. I mean, it was a great black shirt defense as well. But Tommy, yeah, Tommy was the head of the snake, and it did set up well for him. And you know what? Those schools didn't, you know, I don't know how, I don't know what level they recruited him, but he didn't, wouldn't have really fit their offense. He fit what Tom wanted to do here, Tom Osborne, which is, right. you know, an option based offense. But even back then, Matt, there, when when Nebraska recruited Tommy, there was some people in the fan base that were like, "What are we doing here? I mean, we should be recruiting, we should be recruiting more of a passing quarterback." You know, there was there was there was at that time some level of concern that, "What are we doing? Are we we're, we're recruiting this guy um, that really is not a passer at all?" Nebraska was pretty far removed from going away from drop back passers. You know, that was 19, the late 70s is when they went away from that. But there was still some thought that, you know, are we sure we should be doing this? But then when Frazier came along and it, in, as a freshman, it became apparent, okay, uh, we have something here. This is going to get really interesting. It, uh, I'll tell you this, Stephen. Um, the, my favorite part of his career, it's just so awesome. I was covering Florida at the time. Uh, for the newspaper in Jacksonville. My favorite part was in the, the 95 fia- or 96 Fiesta Bowl against Florida when, I mean, Nebraska's yeah. up yeah, by like 35, and all of a sudden Tom goes out there and goes five wide with Tommy, and they start throwing the ball. And Tommy said after the game, yeah, you know, that Osborne told him, look, when we get up big, we're going to throw the ball just to show <laughs> them, just to show Spurrier what he had. It, it, it's a great, great moment. Um, let's Let's go back real quick yeah. to his sophomore season. Uh, the blood clot that that cost him a, a, a lot of that sophomore season. W- w- were there were there thoughts that maybe he may not even play again? Yeah, there's definitely those thoughts. Um, he missed yeah he missed seven games in '94, um, and yeah, th- you know they came back to um, after he left after he left here and was he was he had a brief pro career with Montreal in the CFL and his career was ended by those blood clots. They were at that point recurring blood clots. Yeah, there was it was it was a scary time, um, and but but yeah, I mean he came back from it really well. I mean he came back um, and and played in the bowl game and played really well. But yeah, it was a it was definitely a scary time because people understood the nature of the situation that blood clots they're sometimes they're hard to explain. They they can be genetic and they come, they can come back. So yeah, it was. It was sort of confusing. Nebraska, though, continued to win without Tommy. That helped. It was really exciting. Um, but yeah, that was that was a it was a as you can imagine, it was a gigantic story in this market. Right, right. So right. you you've you've put up with a lot of bad football lately in Nebraska. Um, yeah. Are there are there are there some people there in the fan base and that's and I say this all the time is the best fan base in college football maybe the best fan base in sports. Um, are are there some there that contend that maybe Nebraska should still be running the option should still be doing a lot of that stuff to separate themselves to be different from and, and to and to maybe take the the program to a different level. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you definitely hear that. I mean, some people. It's a, and some people go pretty extreme with the conversation. That yeah, you hear it here that people maybe should run like a service academy. That Nebraska should run like a service academy type offense. Um, I don't think they would have to do that. And and here's the deal, Matt. It's interesting that you ask because this year, Nebraska has run more option than they've run in a long time, and it's been a pretty effective with Adrian Martinez, who who shows proficiency at it. He's pretty good at it, and it, it, right. it's not like Tommy. I, mean, I don't want to. I don't. And they don't run that offense that Osborne run, but ran. But there's a lot. They've they've run the option quite a bit, and the thinking is is these big 10 defenses don't see a lot of it. And when they do, um, Oh, I mean, Northwestern acted like they'd never seen it. Anybody's in that program's ever seen it before in their lives. It was incredible (laughs) to watch. Now now teams have adjusted a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that it's part of the reason I like doing things like this though, is because Matt, I mean, we're pretty far removed from Tommy Frazier now. And there's a lot of younger fans that really don't even know what we're talking about right. and it's I, I, that's why i like doing this i hope you know it would spur some younger fans to, to go on youtube and watch watch what we're talking about watch how special those games were like that win against florida that's the game one of the last game that he played here so maybe that's why i remember but when they beat florida 62 24 um in the fiesta bowl it was it was an amazing sort of spectacle to watch Tommy and they you know that was Lawrence Phillips's last game too here and so people if they can just imagine having this basically two running backs back there both at the top at the very top of their games um, both very hard to deal with physical runners fast fast and physical guys that were incredibly tough-minded that's that's Tommy Um, I, I want people to remember Tommy because he was the he was the kind of quintessential football player to me. I always said about Tommy, Matt, you could, he could play safety. He could probably play linebacker. He could definitely play running back. Right. He, he would have been an outstanding running back. But he had this quality about him that, he, that you had to play him at quarterback because he was such a leader. And, and he was very, well, we call it, I mean, when, I can't believe there's been a, ever been an option, a better option quarterback. Than Tommy and I don't know that there ever will be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, not not only that, I'm, I'm as far as like a championship quarterback, a leader. I'm not sure we've seen one yeah. like him in, in our era. Just a an amazing, amazing player. And Stevens, right? I mean, if you get a chance, just just type in Tommy Frazier in YouTube, and you will be absolutely astounded by the way this guy plays. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah. let, let's wrap this up. And I, I want to talk about Tommy. You, you know, you said earlier in in the show how he's he's a guy that. You know, he's he's very, I guess for lack of a better way of saying it, stubborn in the way he thinks. He's very strong-willed. Um, he coached at Doan for a little bit. Why has he Why has he not coached in Nebraska? It would seem like an, a natural fit, like to have a guy like that, you know, just be on your on your program somehow to give that that idea of, look, this is how you win. This is what it takes to win. Kind of like um, Manny Diaz did with Ed Reed at Miami, like the chief of staff type of thing. Why wouldn't Nebraska not do something like that? Well, I, now, first of all, yeah, I don't know that Tommy, uh, I mean, w- would he have wanted to do it and, and what right. kind of role would he have wanted? It, you know, I, it's interesting that you asked Matt, cause it's not like it be, it was ever a, 
a big topic here. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't know that that ever that question was ever asked it to any extensive degree here. And it maybe was because Tommy had a, had designs on other things. I mean, he was a head coach at Doan for a period, and it didn't, and it didn't work out particularly well. And that might be some of it, um, that when it didn't work out well at Doan, well, um, maybe that, you know, people kind of, the conversation kind of cooled because of that in the fan base. But also, because I don't know that Tommy, well, I know this, Matt, I can tell you this. If I can't remember him ever expressing a desire publicly, he never expressed a desire to me. And I don't know, I haven't interviewed Tommy in a long time, but that's never been a big subject here. I don't know. I, I um, sometimes it works out for former players that way. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, his last year um, was '95. Nebraska was rolling. You know, they they were, they went 11 and two in '96. They kept rolling into that '97 season and won the national title. They were strong in Frank Solich's early years, beginning in '98 and '99. So, it, what I'm getting at here, Matt, is it wasn't like they were looking for missing pieces right um, Right up to 2000. Hey, Matt, I mean, up to 2001, Nebraska was playing for a, a national championship against Miami. So the program was operating at a high level. It wasn't like people were saying, hey, something's missing. Maybe we should get Tommy back involved. It wasn't, there was never that real, that kind of discussion. Um, and, you know, I mean, Turner Gill was coaching quarterbacks for a period there. And they were, they were pretty happy with who was coaching quarterbacks. Tom was coaching quarterbacks. I mean, that's that's the other thing. Right. Yeah, you, right. Uh, you, you could have hired him. Yeah, you could have hired him in some sort of role, but Osborne was doing a pretty good job with the QBs. Yeah, that would. Uh, I'll tell you what, it would be awesome if Trev and Scott Frost got together and thought, you know what, let's get Tommy involved somehow, get him back here. Just, I just, think to, it just would to, be – great players don't necessarily make great coaches and i'm not right. saying that about tommy it's not necessarily a slam dunk listen man this is it's just been fantastic i appreciate your insight and and the depth of of your reporting your knowledge in nebraska um thanks so much for joining us matt i really appreciate it thank you and i'm, I'm looking forward to the, the rest of these features all right that's steven simple from the lincoln star journal a columnist there, a longtime columnist, a native Nebraskan. Man, what a phenomenal breakdown of Tommy Frazier. Again, uh, just one of my favorite dudes of all time in college football. Go on YouTube and watch this cat. This is an original college football superstar. All right, that wraps up season one of Saturday Lives Forever at Saturday Down South. Brought to you by the good folks at Texas Pete. Check back wherever you listen to podcasts to hear all six episodes.